Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Diva. Hey Divas, this is Nick. I'm the staff writer at Diva Magazine and to mark World Earth Day on April 22nd, which is this Friday, I spoke to three amazing LGBTQI climate activists to find out more about the work that they do and how we can fight for a just and safe future. I'm 25 years old and the climate emergency facing the planet has shaped my entire adult life. But how can the tools we've learned through our social activism help us now when it comes to fighting for our planet's future? Let me introduce you to today's guests. Tamsin Omond is a climate activist and also the author of the book Do Earth, Healing Strategies for Humankind. Michaela Loach is a climate justice activist and also co-hosts the Yikes podcast. Diego de Leon is the founder of Queers X Climate, an international organisation dedicated to uniting climate and LGBTQI activism. I began by telling Tamsin about my introduction to the world of climate justice. See, I graduated in uh, 2019 and we were told that like there were 11 years left to prevent irreversible damage to the environment. Yeah, a bit of a time to like enter the world. Hi, welcome. <laughs> you can now be a grown-up, but also we're not actually going to give you any power. <laughs> so you can just be really anxious about the world. Diego. I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about the inspiration behind founding Queers X Climate. Thank you so much. We actually started the project two years ago in 2019. In 2019, there is this very important report that comes out from the IPCC that says that in order for countries to be able to actually reach or limit the increase of temperature by 1.5, we need to half our emissions by 2030 and reach net zero by mid-century. Based on that, the Secretary General of the UN makes a, call, a general call to all the countries to step up their climate action. Governments were kind of the last ones to join, but there was a really big response from private sector, but particularly from, from civil society. And to put a lot of attention to it, media attention and public, in general, public attention. So Tamsin, what effect did the 2019 report from the IPCC have on the world of climate activism? 2019 moment, that moment of consciousness, these moments when all of the work of all of the organisations who hold climate or climate justice as their focus suddenly just enjoyed a, you know a level of recognition and and a level of public note that they just hadn't hadn't ever enjoyed before and a lot of that is because of that report that came out and said we've got this much time left and it was like the starkest 
most severe that the climate scientists had ever really been. From that report, Extinction Rebellion emerged, Greta Thunberg rose up as this prophetic voice of a movement. Diego, how did the IPCC report impact the LGBTQI community directly? What I saw was that not every group was fairly represented. People with disabilities or the LGBT plus community were not necessarily being represented. Christopher Climate is trying to fill that gap, showcasing what our community is doing in order to fight climate change. Tamsin, how did your interest in climate activism begin? But when I left university, the financial crash had just happened. And I guess in some ways that upended the assumptions on which my whole life had been built of like endless growth. <laughs> um, capitalism is great. <laughs> it provides all of these things. And I, you know, I just hadn't really questioned anything very much. And I was also really crushing on a member of an activist group. <laughs> they told me that there was going to be um, a camp outside Heathrow Airport. Of course, I knew what everyone knows, like what you learn in geography about climate change, but I didn't, I didn't understand how much of an emergency it was or like how it was connected to every other issue. To be honest, it took me like a decade of doing this to, to kind of deepen my understanding. And obviously, I'm still on that journey. Like, I guess it was lots of things. Like, obviously, it was like <laughs> wanting to be in that gang because I had this crush on this person. The gang was really attractive in a bigger sense than just <laughs> attraction. It was there was a community there. It felt like there was a purpose-driven mm. community that felt like they were, you know, inspired to act on behalf of something bigger than their own individual story. I hadn't really understood how much I wanted that. Some queer people find it in community. I hadn't really found it in my kind of queer community at that point. And I think I really desperately wanted like a sense of belonging to some to something. You know, I threw myself into the movement. And I guess in some ways this is like part of the bigger life story of, you know, I want to help movement. I want to help movement for social justice. Just put myself wherever it's useful for me to be and take myself away from wherever it's not useful for me to be. Also realise how inadequate our government is at tackling any of the big issues, really. We say that we're in a climate emergency or there's a climate crisis, but they were expanding the Heathrow Airport and that that would make it like the single biggest emitter of CO2 in the UK if they had done that. And so there was just a kind of immediate fight, like quite an iconic fight to be part of. Michaela, what inspired you to get started with climate activism? I don't think I can remember an exact moment, like an exact aha moment. But I do think that something that really sparked my passion for climate activism was seeing the direct action happen more and more across the world, um, like indigenous communities rising up in the United States, um, direct action starting to happen on the streets more in the UK, the connections that were made between other injustices and the climate were what sparked me to care about the climate movement. Consciousness, and then it's like the system doubles down in response and is like, no, <laughs> change is not possible. No, you will not be making progress in this area. And I think it's to and fro of like progress and then kind of systemic privilege or um, pushing back a racial justice movement. Like, I think had that as well. Like, a lot of oxygen around you, and then 
and 24-hour news cycle kicks in, the political elite moves the story on and like refocuses it on something irrelevant. <laughs> we organise and we organise for these breakthrough moments and then it's like we, we've just all burnt out <laughs> like, on making the breakthrough happen and we don't, we don't quite have the, the new world ready to show. But I think that is just like progress is quite slow until it's not. You know, we're, we're never going to be doing enough in terms of responding to the climate emergency, which is also like responding to the social injustice emergency, which is also responding to the capitalism emergency. There are like three vectors under which all other oppressions sit, and it's kind of capitalism, white supremacy, and patriarchy. But like, it's also not as simple as that. <laughs> like, we all need to be showing up to fight those things and to build other ways of relating to each other. It's not just a life's work, it's like a species work <laughs> or something to move in that direction. We need discipline and we need commitment. We need consistency and patience, really loads of patience with ourselves, with each other, with the world. <laughs> Michaela, can you tell me about social injustice and how this intersects with climate justice? Climate justice is total liberation for all of us. Real climate justice liberates all of us. All injustice issues, all justice issues are all inherently overlapped and interlinked. If we look at who is being impacted most by the climate crisis now and who will be impacted most in the future as it gets worse, it is those communities that are already marginalised. And the communities that are already marginalised are those that are already harmed by systems of oppression that oppress them. So with racial justice, that's black people, um, indigenous people, um, other people of colour all over the world and in the global south. It, in LGBTQIA, it's especially trans people that are the most marginalised and most oppressed. And as the climate crisis gets worse, it's those people who are already made more vulnerable, who are more vulnerable to the impacts of the climate crisis. And therefore, if we tackle things um, in a way that's for liberation, not just inclusion, if we we remove homelessness, which is something that impacts um, the trans community significantly. If we tackle homelessness at the core, which is also a climate solution in many ways, a climate just solution, then we're getting towards liberation for all of us. If we are tackling what leads to people being in situations where they are made so vulnerable, then we are moving towards liberation. And all of that is climate work as well. Work that we're doing for, for gender liberation or for sexual liberation or for racial justice liberation, any of these, or black liberation, all of these things are climate justice actions too. And so all of these issues are connected. We are so much stronger when we address like all these injustices with the awareness that they are connected and the awareness that we're moving towards total liberation because then our movements are stronger and the foundations we're building are stronger and we're more likely to be in a liberated world. Times in, there's an intersection between people who are marginalised and being like either climate activists or being more conscious of the environment. What do you think? Yeah. Um, do you have any theories behind this intersection? I love that question. Because, yeah, I really do. <laughs> and I feel like I never really talk about it. Um, the fragility, like, anyway, we're nowhere near where we want to be in terms of liberation. Even the rights that we do have, I think, like, that awareness of how fragile they are and how fast they become debates or talking points i'm really conscious at the moment of this a national debate around trans lives and you're just like this is literally the terrifying future that i think i imagined could happen when we get closer to a societal breakdown is that the, those people like the elite start triggering pointless unnecessary 
fights between various minorities. <laughs> I can't believe that it seems to be like out of that playbook, like out of the fascist playbook. I really want my activism to come out of light and to come out of love. Like, I think it's the most useful place for it to come out of. Where can we go? What can we build? What do we want to take with us? There, there will be a, a hierarchy in terms of those who, like an opposite hierarchy. Some people will suffer more first. And I guess those people are the ones that are going to fight hardest to wake people up, <laughs> to like get people to feel compassion and see what's going on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Climate change obviously impacts us all, but you know, scientists are often saying that those who are marginalized will be impacted first and like quite hard. But are there reasons outside of this that you think that queer people are in particular are like passionate when it comes to climate activism? Despite the, the lack of quote unquote scientific understanding of the intersection between the LGBT population and climate change, what we realized once we started this project was that the queer community is extremely active in environmental conservation. It's very inspiring to see people from, you know, the, the, the queer community that are activists, that are scientists, that are concerned citizens. It, it's, it really shows how our population, giving our, our history, but I think we come from from a history from trauma, the resilience of our community and the, the spirit of overcoming those trauma has really made us more sensible to this type of issue. That's what we've observed. You know, overall, what we've seen is that the people from our community are extremely resilient and extremely concerned, giving 
you know, our, our deep connection to social issues and to really understanding struggles that we've faced. Pride is about, you know, not only fighting for our rights, but making a more just and equitable world. You know, our first achievement has been to create this network. We're in the process, I would say, of, of going global. We've positioned ourselves. We have a reputation. Tamsin, where do we go from here? As we move through time, this system is working for fewer and fewer people. And that means that, yeah, people have like a real beautiful, sophisticated understanding of how we have to take the system down. It's not just putting a plaster on it. <laughs> but I would say, I guess there are some people who believe that you can just put a plaster on this stuff, that like you can, especially with climate, like there's a real white middle-class environmentalist narrative where it's like, well, we'll just change everything to wind and solar and then we can, you know, carry on without actually recognising the injustices that kind of underpin all of this. <laughs> Michaela, given the situation, is there any hope on the horizon? We have to be hopeful. Being hopeful is all that we have. It doesn't mean that we are ignorant to the realities of the situation. It means that we are going to keep fighting and that's what we need because whilst people will throw around these kind of statistics, it's also true that every single fraction of a degree of warming that we can prevent matters. Like every single fraction of a degree of warming that we can prevent is lives saved, is lives made improved, is people made safer like in the entire country being saved from sea level rise. Every single fraction of degree matters. Every single action that we can do matters. And that is hopeful for me because that means that everything that we do matters, has an impact and is transformative. And I think that we should focus on what we can do and realise that there, there are some things that we, may, that we have lost, but that doesn't mean that we fall into defeatism. Back to Tamsin. There's this theory called like the interregnum. It's like an annoying social science theory and it sounds complicated when it needn't. When one system is dying, the other system isn't yet born. And in between these two moments, there is a hell of a lot of uncertainty and no one really knows. Like, you know, you don't feel part of one thing, but you don't yet know where you belong in whatever's coming next. I think it's so important that we start building those spaces. And like, it can be really tiny, small, you know, it can be like how you treat your loved ones, like how you treat your family. Who is in your family? Like, how do you expand the idea of a family to just something queer people know all about and, and other minorities as well? Like, how do you expand these ideas of like who you will look after, who you will depend on? Like, we are in the most painful moment. <laughs> I mean, I say that maybe in 10 years it's going to be even worse. Um, but like, the old system is not yet dead. Those people who enjoy power from it enjoy an enormous amount of power and they don't want to give it up. And I guess, yeah, like our job is to seeing the opportunities, taking more power, sharing it out. <laughs> you know, we do need to be invested in this. Like, we need everyone to change everything. Yeah, I like what you said about that the new system hasn't yet been born. I found that, yeah, very inspiring, so thank you. Diego again. Is there anything that gives you hope in um, in the terms of us reaching this goal? I am, I am hopeful, and that's a great question, and one that we actually get a lot, because it's you know, we're doing all this efforts, but it's, is it really worth it? And, and the answer is yes. Civil society, the private sector, public in general have been very receptive to this call and they are really taking meaningful actions that are truly contributing to 
fight climate change and to limit the, the future increase of temperature. We have to start from a point to acknowledge and understand that we're already late. One thing that I'm hopeful about, first of all, is technology. I think that technology innovation is moving very fast, making it accessible for everyone. Now, there is a very important justice component to it. And I don't want to say political will, because sometimes it, it seems like the politicians are the last ones to have the will. But I think there's a general will and interest in actually creating talk because people have realized that investing in, in climate action has a very positive effect in employment, in economic growth, in creating well-being for the people. Back to Michaela. What gives me hope is the people around me who are fighting continually and will not stop fighting. What gives me hope is, is joy in humanity. What gives me hope is creativity, is the fact that in situations like this, when we have an existential threat to our humanity, which isn't the first one that we face, um, the black community have almost always been living in an existential threat and have, especially in the times of transatlantic slave trade and chattel slavery, we're living in an existential threat every day. But even in these times, the fact that we choose to create, the fact that we choose to laugh, the fact that we choose to love each other, like that gives me hope that we will continue to laugh and love each other even in the darkest times, that we will continue to support and protect each other even in the darkest times and that we can do so much change. I think movements that have happened in the past, they give me hope for the future because they have had insurmountable odds in the past and they've kept going and they've still fought for things and they've still won. And we can do that too. Is there anything that you wish was being spoken about when we talk about the climate crisis that isn't or often goes underreported? Yeah, <laughs> probably it's like where it intersects with other crises, like racial justice crisis, wherever, wherever there's environmental hazards, wherever there's like the power stations or like the huge roads or the airports, the people that live nearest to those and kind of are on the front line of that particular like piece of climate change infrastructure are working class and black and people of colour. You know, the story of Rosamund Kissy Deborah, her daughter died from asthma brought on by the air quality of, of living, you know, next to the North Circular. And she fought to get that recognition of air quality as something that is pinning young, young children that live in cities. She is an example of the one black woman transforming the legal framework for how we can get pollution recognized as a killer of children which is like huge in some ways our media just aren't interested in those stories because they tear apart the fabric of the reality on which the media has based its particular narratives around climate Michaela, can you recommend any lgbtqi activists for our listeners to follow or look out for there's so many brilliant queer activists, like so, so many brilliant queer activists. I'd really recommend Dominique Palmer. She's a brilliant a bisexual icon and is amazing. Queer Around Vegan is also has an amazing page um, where they dissect all of the stuff that's going on in climate and make it accessible. Of course, Patagonia, the environmental advocate and drag queen is amazing. Elijah McKenzie is a brilliant activist. People feel yeah. like um, we like can't fight for everything all at once, but like yeah. you've already said, it all intersects, it all, yeah. There are so many of us that have been left out. We could kind of coalition build, and we are, we're trying to, uh, like, we, you know, that feels like such an important piece of work. The fight for climate justice is all of our fight, all of our 
liberation is connected because all of our oppression is connected as well. We all need to fight for a better future and for a better now. And that requires liberation, not just inclusion. It's not about being included in a system that's harmful and oppressive. It's about destroying that system and creating something better that where all of us are safe and free and joyful. We can do that and we have to do that. If we are living in an emergency, how are we going to respond to it? Who are we going to be as we navigate a world of emergency and be thinking about how to like, radically change our idea of what progress is? Like, progress might be reevaluating how we relate to each other, <laughs> like being kinder, <laughs> you know, prioritizing kindness, like having less, using less. And if people are interested in campaigning around stopping oil and gas, which is what a lot of my campaigning is around, and stopping subsidies for fossil fuels, um, then definitely check out Paid to Pollute and Stop Cambo. It's a great way to get involved. Thanks, Michaela. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva, queers for your ears, in association with Diva magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Share the love by leaving us a review. Pod Diva. Queers for your ears. Pod Diva. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.